Welcome to the Dick Den Podcast. It is about to get weird, friends. I'm your lewd and loud host, Rachel Z. Lingam masseuse, sex educator, breast cancer thriver, funny gal sitting in a room full of dicks, talking dicks, butts, and all things sex. It is Wiener Wednesday, so that means it is time for a new episode. Honestly, I had no idea what I wanted to talk about, But a friend of mine said, hey, I really want to know more about things you did as a dominatrix and why you decided that wasn't for you. And I was like, fuck yeah, I love telling stories. Let's talk about it. I felt really prepared. I really felt like being a dominatrix was something I could do. I had spent a ton of time doing the research part. What is BDSM? What makes a good dominatrix? What are some of the kinks and fetishes involved? What kind of things would I be doing? How do I set up a scene? How do I negotiate boundaries and set safe words? On paper, I felt really, really prepared. Physically, I felt really prepared. When you think of dominatrix, especially me, I always think of like a tall, strong, domineering women. And that's probably because that's what we see most commonly in porn and media, visual imagery that comes to mind. And I fit that to a T. This was a time in my life where my hair, I was completely bald from cancer. My hair had just started to to grow in past the baby eagle stage when you're completely bald. Something you don't realize is like when your hair comes back, it comes back at all these like varying lengths. And I literally looked like a baby eagle. If you don't know what that looks like, Google it and you're left with a funny image. So I had finally gotten past baby eagle stage and I was rocking like a pretty hot, short pixie, like think like GI Jane. My body has always been really kind of athletic and Amazon with the short hair and the reconstructed breasts and the height, especially when I was in heels. I very much fit physically the idea of like a tall, strong, domineering woman. 280. And let's be honest, I loved wearing latex. But there is so much more than latex, a sassy attitude, being bossy, and being domineering that go into BDSM. Those are the things that we instantly think of, right? But there's so much more in regards to setting boundaries, scenes, role play, aftercare, just so much more. And that was what I was not prepared for and found to not be a good fit. But there were some things that I was really attracted to within the BDSM world. I liked the kink and the fetishes that I was learning about. I really liked the power exchange and the kind of power dynamic. And I really found like the more sensual to be more my speed, which is a, which is how I ended up in lingam massage and edging and tease and denial. But that is not what we're talking about today. Today, I just want to share some stories about some of the things I did. My absolute number one request was pegging, which is using a strap on, on someone else in their booty hole. And 
I already knew men liked butt stuff, but I was really surprised by how many men were interested in pegging. I initially wasn't very good at a strap-on. The only experience I had had real life with a strap-on was when I had dated a girl. I really liked the strap-on on me, but when it was my turn, I felt like I was clumsy and fumbly and couldn't get the angle right. I certainly couldn't get the rhythm right. And when men say that like sex is a lot of work, you know, if you've ever had a man just like sweating and dripping on top of you, that's because that shit is hard. Okay. There was a whole set of muscles that in my butt and thighs and legs that I was unaware of that became sore once I started doing butt fucking. But one thing was very clear. I needed to get better at working a strap on before I could actually charge people to do that. So ever resourceful, I put out an ad on Craigslist in the casual encounters. And I decided to take some pro bono sessions to just kind of experiment and see if I could get better and like learn some things, right. To get in some like this time, there were no, there were no shortage of men who responded. Again, another indication of how many men are interested in curious and butt stuff. And that is because my friends, buttholes are magical on both sides of the fence. The prostate is a male G spot. And I cannot say enough good things about men butt stuff. But I digress. One of the most memorable stories I had from this trial and error period of pegging, I met this man at his office building like way late at night. It was probably like midnight or something. I roll up and parking lot's completely empty. Knock on the side door. We're texting. I sneak in. We go into his office and the only place to buttfuck is on the floor. Look, if you're going to be doing that on carpet, you really need to wear knee pads or have a pillow or something. But I hadn't even thought of that, right? I just showed up with the strap on and lube and was good to go. So we are doing the thing on the floor in this office building in the middle of the night. He is loving it. I'm trying to practice my rhythm and my keeping it slow. My butt cheeks are just like excruciatingly sore. This is a set of muscles that I have never worked out so much. Pro tip, do squats and do some thrusting if you're going to do this because butt be sore. We are in this office building and we're doing it, right? And he is loving it, moaning, having a good time. He's got a strong ass erection. And all of a sudden we see some lights from like underneath the door and um, we're both like, oh fuck, what is that? Turns out it was the cleaning crew. So we quickly like pop up, turn the lights off. I'm sitting there, strap on on. His butthole is like greedy and ready for more. And we are just waiting for the time to pass before the cleaning crew leaves. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we go unnoticed. Like Now, it would be weird for me in that situation if I got discovered by the cleaning crew, but way weirder for him. I don't work at this place. 
they finally leave and we get done doing the thing. Um, nope, never again in an office building. Lesson learned, home visits only. Home or hotel visits only from this point out. Now there, I BF'd plenty of men during this trial period. And I felt really confident about the rhythm and the motion. I had been wearing my strap on around the house all the time, humping everything to get this right. I was humping the couch, trying different angles, different positions, humping the bed, humping the countertops, humping the fridge with one leg up. Heaven forbid someone in my neighborhood was walking by and saw me humping all these things. But I felt really good about that part. Another quest that I was getting a lot of, probably because of my build, were the more physical things. Now, this is a subgenre that I didn't even know existed. I always called it squeezing. I know there is a different name for it, but essentially, I would get a lot of requests for men to be squeezed between my thighs until they tap out or almost pass out. I really liked that. It was fun. I discovered, you know what? I have some strong ass thighs and I can probably crush a watermelon. I haven't ever tried it, but I have broken a few ribs. So my legs were strong. Never had I been so prouder of my thick ass thighs than when I was squishing a man. Some other things that I had tried were more water sports. I only had one experience. I had to pee on someone and like I was so nervous about it. All the way there, I was just like chugging water, chugging water, chugging water so that there would be no doubt of whether I could squat over this man and piss on him. When I arrived, it was seriously, this has to happen and this has to happen now. It was like doing the pee-pee dance and water sports wasn't really my thing either, but I can understand. And I want to be clear, I'm not doing any kink shaming or fetish shaming here because they're one thing I've learned throughout the sex industry is that people are into so many things. And just because that's not your thing doesn't mean that that is shameful or a wrong thing. It just wasn't my thing. And I can definitely understand the lure of water sports. Warm, it's wet, it's kind of humiliating. I don't know. If, if, if a partner asked me to pee on them or wanted to pee on me, would I let them? Yeah, sure. I'd give it a go. I'd give it a go. At least once, probably twice. I'm always willing to give most things a couple of tries to see whether I like it or not. Another thing that I experienced a lot of requests for was cock and ball torture. And I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of fun to kick somebody in the balls. I have pretty strong legs, but pain isn't something that I really connected with either. Again, I see the attraction, I see the lure of it, but it wasn't really something that I felt comfortable with. I kept realizing the more and more stuff I was being asked to do and the more and more fetishes and kinks that I was discovering, I was definitely so attracted to the power exchange and the more sensual side of things instead of 
the pain and control pain messy and I also had a little bit of experience with chastity, which was fun. I had this client once who wanted me to put him in chastity. And I also had a lot of experience with cross-dressing and sissification, which I will say that I totally understand why men like to wear women's panties because they are soft and they are silky and they hug and they caress. And honestly, I kind of like a man in women's underwear. So, and hosiery, like I totally get it. But I got asked to do a lot of that too. And all of these things were things that were fun. And would I do them again? Absolutely. Yeah, most of them probably. But what I didn't find that I liked about being a dom was all the role play and work and scene setting and negotiation and aftercare that went into it. And it felt like just really way too performative. And I couldn't ever like successfully land into character. So for me, that just kind of like sucked all the fun out of it. But I was really attracted to certain elements of BDSM, the power exchange, the control, the gentle acts of submission. What I also learned is that I don't really like super needy, submissive men. That was a lot of my experience too. And a lot of this was like my failure to set boundaries about what was acceptable and what wasn't. So I wasn't very firm and aware of the need to set boundaries. In a BDSM relationship, generally you expect the dominant to make all the rules to set the scene, to to have everything ready. But a lot of times the submissive comes with a fantasy and a request and sometimes this very certain script. And a lot of times what we think about BDSM is the submissive is the one who is not in control, but the submissive has a lot of power in the things that are acceptable and the scene. But there were tons of things that I did really like in that genre. Ultimately, for me, I decided that like being a dom in that sense was something I was not cut out for. It was just sucking all the fun out of it and I wasn't a natural at it. I didn't like it. You can totally tell when your partner is not into it. And that was how I felt being in the Dom role. Although I did really like the latex and the heels and certain elements of the power exchange, ultimately what I found was for me was the more sensual approach. I know if you don't have any experience in BDSM and I've just told you all these stories about what I did and kind of the extremes and the things I don't like, you're like, fuck, well, maybe, maybe BDSM is not for me. There are definitely elements that everybody can explore. So I want to also share some like tips and secrets of how you can like kind of start to explore these things without going to extremes. First, talk to your partner, have a conversation about a fantasy or a kink or a fetish. Do this outside of the bedroom. 
That way there's no shaming and nobody feels vulnerable and raw. Maybe pick out a porn that you like or play a sexy adult game or just ask questions and figure out like, hey, what is it that you are into or what do you want to try? Talk about it. Set the scene. Something that was really beneficial for me were blindfolds because I felt really uncomfortable playing this bossy feminine role, dominant role, while the other person was like looking at me in the eyes. It made me feel nervous. So a blindfold is a really great way to incorporate that. Throw a blindfold on your partner and that way you're free to explore and dive into these roles and really get into the moment out the other person looking at you in the eyes. Plus, you know, the sense of sight being restricted is really sexy sometimes. Adventure a little bit with whatever you're curious in, in your sexual life. Don't let the stories that I told here today scare you. These are absolutely more extremes and kind of more of a professional setting. Just go slow, have honest communication with your partner and give it a go. You don't know until you know. If you loved the stories today, don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss one. Join me every single Wiener Wednesday for more than just the tip. If you love this podcast, leave a review for others to see, and I will see you next Wednesday.